Dan Harmon had held up the phone to me and uh, said that Clinton wanted to talk to me. I went up there, wow. grabbed the phone, and told Bill Clinton, I said, man, uh, and I was these two kids, and uh, it looks like they're dead. And he goes, well, you know, we can't leave no witnesses, uh, Billy. You know, we've got to get rid of them. Can't, can't leave no witnesses. And I heard Hillary in the background say the same thing. Oh. Welcome to Talk Murder to Me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> somebody, somebody else want to say it? <laughs> And welcome, special guest Tissy. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. What you episode don't sound number? Excited. You sound like you hesitated there. No, 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 never. Which episode were you on? I, I want to say it was seven. It was Todd Colehap. Oh yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, I want to say it was seven. I think I tried to look it up today. I think it was seven. That was one of my favorites, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi, Todd. We got- fuck you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be very fuck you, Todd Colehead. That was the best. Yeah, that was, was a good one. I wonder what he's doing now besides he's being still in prison. prison. Hopefully oh, he's that. getting buck fucked. <laughs> because- no, no one's he's not even gonna get no, he's like Butt six would- four and like three hundred pounds. Maybe somebody made him his bitch. No, I don't know. I don't maybe. think so. I mean, maybe he's, he's into dude. it. People you know, people have needs. Yeah. That's why those things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean other than if it's your preference. If I was ever in prison, I would stuff barbed wire up my booty hole. <laughs> I feel like that would do more damage <laughs> to you. so dark. To you. <laughs> that way, they only get in there once, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but you would have trouble, you know, for the rest of your life. Uh, Can you imagine the... Never mind. Nope. <laughs> It'd be like, you know, when... Uh, <laughs> keep that to myself. <laughs> when, uh, when two people kiss, they have braces and they get stuck together. It'd be like that. Yeah. So, actually happen. I don't know what that's like because, you know. <laughs> well, that doesn't really, that's not really a thing. What? Yes, it braces is. Braces getting stuck? Yes. I think that's just a thing. In, I think it's One time movies. when I no, had that braces. No, not in movies. You know, how you're not supposed to, like, you know how you're not supposed to like chew gum or anything with yeah. braces? Well, one time I was, I thought I would outsmart it and, and said, you know what? I'm not going to chew gum. I'm going to have a Starburst and my teeth, <laughs> <laughs> it got stuck. Well, really they, like, bad. take the brackets off. They, like, pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really painful, actually. I was at basketball camp. It's an accident. So last night I was at work, and I saw that I got this email from one of our new friends, Mari, who is from Brazil. <gasps> cool. I wonder if she knows Giselle. Hey, Mari, do you know Giselle? Are you guys from the same part of Brazil? Hi, Jen. Okay, by now, I'm a total fangirl of you guys. I freaked out when you answered my DM on Instagram. I'm trying to catch up with the episodes, and you have been my best friends during my commute to work in the last weeks. I'm listening to 31.1 right now, and I swear the recording of D'Angelo is not going to let me sleep anytime soon. <laughs> Let's go to the praises. John, you're one of the best storytellers I've ever heard, and even when you say something wrong or by mistake, you have me hanging on what's going to happen by the end of the stories. And, oh, your laughter gives me the creeps. <laughs> what? My laughter? <laughs> your evil laugh. Yeah. Oh, your my evil, evil laugh. laugh. What do you yeah. mean my evil laugh? You, when you're like, I wish this was recorded yeah. because John was so smug during that compliment <laughs> up until that part. Did yeah. you say anything else about me? <laughs> no. Oh. Nicole, you're like one of the smartest people I 
in quotation marks, no. I do Aww. feel like I kind of know you guys. And you're always on point and, and guessing things I never think about. Jen, I already said you're the best person ever. I think I'd have the same reactions to everything, like the episode you left the table. I mean, I couldn't stop listening, but I don't know if I'd have lasted till the end. Guys, you three are amazing and the best company, no doubt. I always get scared by the stories, but, uh, but also have a good laughter. Also, very personal, but I moved from my hometown a few months ago and have no friends in the new city, so I like to consider you guys my friends because I listen to your voices all day long. Thank you so much for being so much fun to bringing so much fun to my life. Bye, Mari. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you, Mari. That means the world to hear yeah, something that like was, that. Yeah, that was honestly like the best email yeah. ever. Yeah. And you'll make friends. I mean, yes. It just takes and a we minute, do you know. consider, I mean, I, I feel like we, yeah. we feel very close to our, our tacos. And I, I mean, I feel like just for you to reach out and just have that personal connection with all of us, we feel like we know you and we want to get to know you. Um, and just thank you so much for listening and yeah. reaching out. Yeah. If you're ever in Charleston, come and record with yes. us. Yes. You should counter off to see like three, two, or <clears throat> Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Did I do that wrong? No, you were saying I should start you off like three, two, one. And then you go and then you start to go. I would count it on my bongos. Oh, okay. Deep Eddie's orange. Tissy, you picked that one out, so thank you. Isn't Deep Eddie's made in Charleston? No. No, that's it's Texas. It's made in Austin, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. What's made in Charleston that's right here? Uh, Topper's Rum. Topper's, yeah. So, who wants to recap <laughs> us? I will. Okay. Thanks, Tissy. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, Tissy, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I'm Tissy. Hi, Tissy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole and I went to college together. We studied abroad together. Expreaking Klein Beach and Nederlands together. Yeah. Calvin Yao. Calvin Stop well. Um, <laughs> okay. um, I'm in grad school right now. I just finished my first year, and I'm in South Carolina visiting my family for three weeks, and I'm becoming Southern. Yeah. Like I do every time I come down here. Start talking like John and that, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's about it. Well, cool. Last time my dog came and John kicked it. So what? I, I didn't bring her this time. <laughs> what the hell was that about? <laughs> That's one of my favorite memories. That did not happen. You don't yes, it did. did. That did not happen. Yes, oh, I just kicked her. Yeah. What? That didn't happen. Yeah, she was under she the was table. Under your, she was under your feet. It was a joke. It was before it was we had funny. the no petting the dogs accident. rule. Oh. I think also, she didn't count in the no petting the dogs rule because oh. she's so little. All right. So um, recap for okay, us. Recap. Tess. So these two guys were. At a um, train tracks mm-hmm. with a green tarp, and a train ran over them because the train was a mile long and they couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of things happened. And the mom is still trying to figure out who did it. She sent a letter to El Tromperino. So the lawyer who's doing the pro bono work for the one kid's mom was at the scene of the crime when it happened. So he's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the – oh, and the the medical examiner's also bad. His name is similar to Rami Malik. Yeah, Fami Malik. Fami Malik. And he It's like is fake bad. Rami Malik. He's still yeah. – <laughs> Fake Rami Malik. Like, like, like Finsta. Yeah. yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, well, I don't know if it's like a thing with everyone, but me and my, my family went in – um, it's 
like a knockoff version or a fake version, we just put an F in front of it. So like oh. like Uggs, we call them Fugs. Okay. Oh. Or like Ray Bands, we call them like Fay Bands or uh-huh. Fay Fans. Okay, so to start this episode, I do want to say right now because we kind of talked about Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. but I didn't really tell you that he was directly involved. Now I do want to say there's no smoking gun. Okay, that says Bill Clinton was involved. There's no video of him. It's obvious, but there's no one piece that we found yet that could point to him being directly involved. But wasn't his brother directly involved? His brother was directly involved. We have the video of that. Of that. So we watched that. During the 80s, or before the 80s, I should say, cocaine was a rich man's drug, you know what I'm saying, for people like me or whatever. Now, in the 80s, the crack epidemic happened. When you look at the landscape of the crack epidemic and how it spread into this country, you can pinpoint, if you go back, you can find the beginning of the tunnel from where it spreads out, and that is in Arkansas. You really? see what I'm saying? It yes. Is- Crack a derivative of cocaine? Yes, crack is, it's like you take cocaine, you take some baking soda, you know, you turn the stove on, 350, you know, let it heat up a little bit. Uh, you take a little bit of vinegar. I don't, I'm just saying. Oh, I was going to ask. Oh, like, wow, really? Wow. I have no idea. I don't know how you make crack. I know but it's. It, but it is like part. It's parts cocaine. Some way part of cocaine. It's some, somehow, something else. however they cut it, I'm not, I've never done crack. I don't know. So I don't know how it is. Crack is whack. But crack is a lot cheaper. So cocaine, if a rich man's drug and crack being available for anyone with a little bit of money. The reason that's important is because, yeah, you can't actually say Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was responsible for the crack epidemic. You can't say (laughs) that because there's no evidence. But you can also say that... It is a fact that most of the crack came through Arkansas when he was the governor. Hmm. Plus his brother, there's multiple videos of him, plus witnesses we're going to hear tonight that went on video saying that they've done cocaine with Bill Clinton. Mm. Plus, you see Roger Clinton doing cocaine in that video. And and But we know for a fact that Roger Clinton yeah. was involved with the smuggling of the drugs into Arkansas. So Bill Clinton was the governor of Arkansas when all this was going down. You have all this crack coming or cocaine coming in to the country. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to distribute. I mean, this is a huge cover up. You guys got to understand. I mean, yeah. the CIA is involved. We're not going to get to that. There was multiple people, multiple organizations that were involved in this. If you guys probably never heard of this, maybe our, some of our older listeners, the Tyson Chicken Company, mm-hmm. you know, the big Tyson. Yeah. yeah. They're okay. so popular. Yeah. The, in the 80s, there was a huge scandal going on that Don Tyson, the owner, was involved in distributing all this cocaine Whoa. through his chicken. What? <gasps> I had heard rumors of Don Tyson and his alleged uh, cocaine use and uh, distribution. And I went through the intelligence files and come up with enough that I thought was sufficient amount of evidence to launch an investigation on 
Mr. Tyson out simply out of the Arkansas State Police intelligence files has been accumulated for years. Yes. No. Yes. Oh my yes. God, how do I not know these things? Yes. Since this was is the so 80s, running. we weren't alive. The the owner of Tyson Chicken was delivering this cocaine. A great deal of criminal investigation files were surfacing with Don Tyson's name mentioned in there as uh, being involved with some drug and narcotics uh, trafficking activities. So I interviewed some of the investigators who worked on the Tyson case. Most of them felt that Tyson should have been indicted, but uh, the investigations were always um, uh, sabotaged, uh, oftentimes from within. One particular uh, undercover narc agent told me that uh, uh, another criminal investigator in that department named Doug Fogley was furnishing Don Tyson with photographs of the undercover narcotics agents that were working on his case. The sources are out there. If you guys really want to dig into this, now we have some some of our members and listeners that are really in conspiracy theories. It's all out there. Okay, I'm not making any of this up. This is, I mean, they had to distribute this across the nation. But what I'm trying to get at is if you look at some of the money that was redirected, the owner of Tyson Chicken was a big fan of Bill Clinton. And in fact, a lot of his, there's numerous articles about the fundraising that Tyson Chicken Company did for Bill Clinton's campaign. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It is it sure oh yeah yeah so there's a lot of money needed in politics there, that's what i'm saying there's a lot of proof that the clintons were directly involved but there's no smoking gun there's no like email there, that there's says, like coincidences there are, there are links yeah but, there are definite links no yeah but if, it, it kind of drives me crazy because that whole presidential election and governor election was funded by drug money Hmm. I meant if you really think about it, but you know we'll leave that out. Let's just <laughs> let's just uh, focus on the murders. Interesting. Yeah. Just make sure you use the word allegedly a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a reporter. I can. I don't know how to do that. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I mean I think we hear so often about how who is a big donor for mm-hmm. certain groups like the Koch brothers and things like Chick-fil-A. that and their influencers. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to really understand where some of the money does come from, and if I mean if it's allegedly tracked, tracked by, backed by Mm -hmm. drug trafficking into the United States. It's very interesting. Yeah, and there's also that long list of people that allegedly were reported, well, were reported missing, but the Clintons are allegedly behind that there's like nine people it's like a hit list all right so anyway let's let's go over some of the witnesses that knew too much a a kid named keith coney was the first i'm going to talk about now he was on a motorcycle now he wasn't he didn't go out with them but i don't know exactly what he was doing there he he never got to say that because he was murdered but Mm. how how long after the uh tell you a second okay so Inquiring minds like to know, John. He told his parents that he was at the scene when the when the boys were murdered. Okay, now he also tells his parents that there were two attackers. Interesting. Now, so these reports that I'm going to talk about from these witnesses, they all implement the same people. You'll hear Dan Harmon was at the tracks, and then you'll hear some people implemented the police. Now these witnesses don't know each other. 
They have no relation to each other, but yet they all implement the same people. Hmm. So now on May 17th, 1988, two days after telling his parents that he was at the track and he saw what happened, the boys getting murdered. He was killed on a motorcycle after he crashed at high speed after being chased. Hmm. Okay. Um, no autopsy was ever done. That's just weird. Yeah. I mean, these... I'm going to talk about nine people that were literally murdered in blood. Okay? So if you think this is in just... In cold blood. You, you, just in blood. <laughs> blood. That's a new phrase. If you think this is just some sheriff... You think a, a deputy and a sheriff alone is going to murder all these fucking people? Well, why would or they? Or do you think that this is bigger than that and a lot of people are getting murdered well, why because... why would a deputy and a sheriff murder people to begin with? Well, I mean, they were involved. But I'm saying it's bigger than that. And I don't think it was an accident because he was fearing for his life, you know, a couple of months before. He said a couple of times that he knew people, that he was being watched and he was afraid. Mrs. Alexander says her son knew the two teenagers run over by the train. And she says he indicated to her he had been there when the boys had died, that he spotted two attackers. But he knew there was two there. I did try to get him to tell me who. And he, he was either afraid or didn't know. That was. Keith Coney's mother, Betty Alexander. That was the first. Okay, now we have many more. Keith McCaskill, which you'll hear his name come up. He was at the tracks as well. Now, he was actually part of the operation, if you will. Mm -hmm. He actually owns or he owned a little drinking hole in town. And all the uh, off-duty cops will come and drink and everything. He was also a huge distributor, not huge, but like a street-level distributor of cocaine. Okay, he saw what happened. And in fact, right before the sheriff got elected, uh, witnesses say that he threw two pennies on his bar and said, if Sheriff Jim Steed does not get reelected, my life ain't worth two pennies. That's what he said. Wow. And... Shortly after, November 1988, he was murdered. McCaskill was a witness in the Bryant train deaths investigation. Although police haven't ascertained a motive for the murder, they say there's no connection. Hmm. He tells family and friends that he, after, like right before the election and after the penny incident, he tells all his friends and family, all of them, he says, listen, I'm about to get murdered. Whoa. He knows he's is coming. Okay? He knows it's coming. Now... They actually arrested his neighbor. Now, Keith McCaskill is a huge dude. He's like six foot three, like big dude, right? Mm -hmm. Bar owner and everything. And his neighbor, okay, of 140 pounds, little scrawny teenager, less than that, supposedly goes in there, overpowers him, and stabs him 115 times. 115? They put him in prison, the neighbor. At first, the neighbor said, no, I didn't do it. Here's what happened. There were these guys in mask that did it. But then he changed the story because he was scared. You see what I'm saying? Like, he, if he didn't take the fall for it, he would have been killed. He didn't kill that dude. You think he overpowered that big-ass dude? No, that didn't happen. And everyone knows it didn't happen. This is Richard Garrett, the one that was also at the track, the one that was doing pro bono work for the investigation. I think that Mr. McCaskill was probably suffering from a lot of paranoia. And right now the indications are that 
Nobody else was involved. Might there have been a reason, though, for his paranoia? I'm sure there was a reason for his paranoia. All right, watch him smile when he says that. Indications are that nobody else was involved. Might there have been a reason, though, for his paranoia? I'm sure there was a reason for his paranoia. You see? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there was a reason for his paranoia. That guy right there, Richard Garrett, was on the tracks that night. He was uh, also... the guy right there. Yes, that is the attorney. That's Richard Garrett, the deputy prosecutor that was assigned by Dan Harmon. They were helping... Oh, both of them were on both the Both of them oh, went to Linda Ives. Harmon. Both of them were on the tracks. Oh. Both of them went to Linda Ives. They said, listen, we're going to work pro bono because... I, I can't wait to bring your killers to justice. He was on the track. That same guy you're looking at right now, smiling. I don't know why he was paranoid. Whoa. Well, no shit. You know. I thought it was only the other lawyer. I didn't realize. No, they were both. There. They were both in on it. Some other witnesses. A guy named Greg Collins, January 1989, failed to appear after being subpoenaed to appeal at the the grand jury that Richard Garrett put on. Richard Garrett and. Which was in cahoots with the judge. It was an eighth-month grand jury, and then at the end, the judge is, and I'll show you the video of the judge. I know it's frustrating that none of the evidence can get submitted to the public record. The Saline County Special Grand Jury has now disbanded. Three hours ago, it delivered its final report on the deaths of two teenage boys. But the grand jury was not allowed to do what it wanted. I know that because you could not repeat in the report much of the testimony that you heard and evidence that you received, that you are somewhat frustrated by it. And that's understandable. Well, what the fuck? Why not? Well, well because, you know, he didn't say this, because I'm involved in the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Do, how do we but, know that he's involved? Because he appointed Dan Harmon, it's obvious that he's involved. And And why would you suppress all this... All this evidence, the evidence that could implement everyone because if Dan Harmon goes down, if Richard Garrett goes down, he'll be like, well, the judge is involved. So Mm -hmm. the judging will take chances of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Can't a higher level court open that up? This this case is even right now is is being in the process of being opened up and at the same time being shut shut down again. This case has been tried to be open eight or nine times. Okay, no one wants this case open. Well, everyone wants this case open, but the like the people in power have the power to keep it closed. Now, Greg Collins, 1989, failed to appear at the with a subpoena at the grand jury, killed by a shotgun blast to the face. (laughs) Murder remains unsolved. No autopsy. No autopsy. Bonnie Bearden, March 1989, which was a friend of Coney and Collins. Murdered as well. Shotgun. Jeff Rhodes, April 1989. Murdered after telling his family he knew too much. He was shot in the head Whoa. and then his body was set on fire. <gasps> Richard Winters. Now, think about this. Think, look at the years. You got January 1989, April 1989, June 1990. Like, if you even knew anything about this case, you better get the hell out, man, because, like, your number's next. I'm looking at nine witnesses here. You know what I'm saying? So when you say witnesses, were so they were either people who were on the track. Yeah. Or, or were told about were, it. Okay. Yeah. Cl- close friends yeah. or something like that. You know how nowadays if somebody is shot, you can see that the bullet came from a certain gun or the right. bullets yeah. match a certain murderer that I don't know how that works but did that not happen back then like was a shotgun Well no you can't do that with a shotgun how a shotgun works is the 
the um, the shell the pellet it split is splinters into you know ten oh. or fifteen different smaller parts it's, in the body. Yeah, so it like splinters everywhere. Great, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shotguns do that. So like rifles are different because it's just one bullet. Okay, shotgun is just you know what I'm saying. Interesting. Uh, a guy named Richard Winters, July 1989, grand jury witness. Shit, I would not want to be on that grand jury. Oh, people from the grand yes. jury. Yes. Yeah, like four or five grand jury evidence. people. Wait, how many? Four or five people here on the grand jury. Mm. So even if you oh, got subpoenaed to, to sit on the grand jury and then you heard everyone else's evidence, you're probably going to die. In fact, the guy I'm going to show you that actually came out says, and he came out last year and said, this is exactly what happened. I mean, this is the part two is what we're going to, th- this. Oh, someone who was on that grand jury. Yes. <gasps> no, no. Wait, some, are you someone, allowed to do that? What? If you're on a grand jury. No, no, no. He wasn't on the grand jury. Oh, the sorry. guy that we're going to, the guy <laughs> that we're going to hear tonight. All right. So there's a guy that just came out last year. He came out to a little local radio and he said he was the hired muscle. It is very shocking what he says, but he was the hired muscle of a certain influential politician. Hmm. Uh, Bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he comes out and tells the whole story. So we're going to listen to him tell everything that happened on the track. Ooh. And is Plus, he dead now? No, he's not dead. <laughs> he came out and said if they kill, they'll probably kill him. I, well, I would say uh, that's where I think kind of like taking such a public stand is not necessarily a bad thing because if you're so effing vocal about it and you do end up dead, people will investigate. Uh, Jordan Kettleson. That's why I'm like, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't right. necessarily, not that anything would happen to us, but I'm just saying like, you know, yeah. the, the more you say it, mm-hmm. the more you, louder you say it. A guy named Jordan Kettleson, June 1990, a street level dealer and connected to McCaskill. McCaskill was the one that owned the bar. Right. He was killed by a shotgun blast in the head. Oh, my God. It's probably not the same guy. It is guy. interesting that now that you just asked that about the yeah. guns, I wonder if they did the shotguns on purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Sheriff. <coughs> Sheriff. <laughs> that, I mean, it's, you know, anyway. Um, killed by a shotgun blast to the head in his truck. Rolled a suicide. How do you like, shoot? How do you kill yourself Mr. with a shotgun? Mr. Kurt Cobain there. Oh, yeah. No investigation took place, and the body was cremated Soon after death. So, I mean, I guess. No autopsy. Yeah. So um, who decides whether or not an autopsy takes place? Is that a Mr. Fami Malik decision? Yeah. Yeah. That's Fami Malik. Shocker. Wow. People don't like him because he's from Egypt. (laughs) Dr. Malik refused repeated requests to talk with us. But when we caught up with him, he said people didn't like him because he's from Egypt. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the problem, guys. <laughs> All right. Now, the Just one... Take a guess. Well, there's a few good people, a very few minority in this case, of good people in this case. And one of them, a really good lady, I'm not just saying that, she really is, and very ballsy. Her name was Jean Duffy. She was was appointed to the drug task force to, to try to uncover all this stuff. Okay, that was her job. Gary Arnold came into my office, stood in front of my desk, looked me straight in the face. This is Jean Duffy, the Saline County Deputy Prosecutor. And said, Jean, you are not to use the drug task force 
to investigate any public official. He turned on his heel and marched out. Now, as startling as that statement might sound, I really didn't think that it was gonna pose any kind of problem because at that time, I didn't have any indication that there was any public official in our judicial district who was involved in drugs. And then she found out, like the first day she's working there, oh my God, everyone's involved. Can you be in politics and not be corrupt, honestly? Like, when you think about it? True. It kind of comes with the job. Somebody is giving you that much money to... Mm-hmm. It's an exchange But that also something. just sucks. Yeah. yeah. She was actually being threatened of putting in being put in prison and there was a federal warrant sent out for her. This is the investigator for, for this dr- because it's a huge cover-up. This is the investigator assigned to this. A federal warrant was issued for her, an illegal federal warrant at that, by none other than Judge Cole, Dan Harmon's friend, the guy that that suppressed all the other stuff. You see what I'm saying? Judge Cole issued an illegal felony warrant for her. So Gene Duffy, instead of getting, you know, probably murdered or put in a hole in prison for the rest of her life, she left. So now she's a fugitive. But this is the only one of the only good people in the case. Does that make sense? She didn't actually come back until the 90s when all this stuff, when her name got finally cleared. All right. This is Charlene Wilson. Yeah, um, we played a video from her last time. I lived in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I met Roger Clinton there, uh, Governor Bill Clinton. Um, so a couple of the state troopers that went with him wherever he went, Roger Clinton uh, had came up to me and he had asked me, could I get him some coke? All right, she was talking about meeting Roger Clinton and Bill Clinton. Now, this is one of the doctors that actually was overseeing Governor at the time, Bill Clinton. Governor Bill Clinton was taken into the hospital. I believe it was the medical center on at least one or two occasions for cocaine uh, abuse and overdosage in which he actually had to be cared for at the hospital. Back in the um, back part of the mansion there, there's kind of like a living quarters type thing. And uh, we would all get together out there and um, do cocaine. It led to... um, Toga parties. Uh, the people at the toga, toga parties were... Um, Cocaine and toga parties. Clinton stands accused. And this is Roger Clinton. <laughs> no, this, this is, is this Bill. Is when this, this is when Roger Bill is and his brother office. Bill. 43. Because Roger comes 40, out... Two. What? 42 what? President number 42. Ro- Roger actually comes out and says, quote, now this to an undercover agent, my brother's got a nose like a vacuum cleaner. This is both <laughs> Roger and his brother. They're one and the same. That's hilarious. Governor Clinton, now President Clinton, members of the Arkansas State Police, so the you cops. Know, along with Roger and you know other people, they began to dance around, do the cocaine in one room, have sex in another room. Ew. I was subpoenaed to testify on behalf of the drug trafficking. I was asked quite in depth about the drug trafficking that went on with Mr. Clinton, Roger Clinton, and I was assured by the U.S. Attorney's Office that my name, that my, my testimony, that my statements, that the people that were on that witness list would never, ever be revealed. Well, 
haw haw. I received a phone call, um, and they told me that um, I had made a very big mistake. Some of them witnesses over a period of time have came up dead and or missing or have never been heard of again. That don't give you a very good feeling. I'm scared of these people. I'm very scared of them. So who released that information to the public? What do you mean? If it was said that it was never going to see the light of day. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Most of this information is getting released recently thanks to um, the Freedom uh, Freedom of Information Act. Okay, so let me talk about Jim Steed. Now, Jim Steed was a sheriff at the time. He was also involved directly into this case. He was working with both Dan Harmon and Richard Garrett, both the attorneys that was on the tracks at night and also working for Linda Eyes Pro Bono. Now, Jim Steed refused his office drug funds to aid in the investigation, claiming that Hmm. he didn't want to be a sugar daddy. For the grand jury, it's not my responsibility. This is your problem. My investigators did all they could. Okay? We did everything we could. What is that accent? Huh? What is that accent? Uh, Idiot. Uh, because I'm like, is this his southern accent? <laughs> like you like pretending su- to be southern, like even his southern old man. Yeah. His old yeah. man voice. So Linda so Ives. Sound like in a few years. Now, oh if you want to know why Linda Ives has never since all this asked a police force of any type or an agency other than a private investigator, which she has now. And you're wondering, why doesn't she just get the police involved? Well, Because they're involved. The, <laughs> she has no more faith in the justice system. She has no more faith in the criminal justice system. The police, to her, literally, I mean, the, the actual sheriff was involved. The governor was involved. All right, anyway. Now, <laughs> Jim Steed told Linda Ives, they agreed, I'll send your boys' clothes to the FBI. The FBI can check their analysis, their lab. They can check for fibers, gunshot residue, whatever. Okay. Now, he agreed to that, which would have been great because that's a away from Malik, away from more sawing the skulls mm-hmm. 30 times and destroying all the evidence. Sure, yeah, yeah. Now, he completely went back on his promise. Nicole, can you read this? Linda Ives is an amazing person, okay? She has fought, 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 and she doesn't take any shit. And this is what I mean, if you want to read this. This is from the uh, book, Boys on the Track. She drove to the courthouse and burst into Steed's office. The sheriff was on the telephone. He kept raising his hand, motioning her to be patient. She waited for about five minutes. Then she lost what little patience she had left. She walked to Seed's desk and put her finger on the phone's button, disconnecting the sheriff in mid-sentence. At about the same time, Linda Hollenbeck, a reporter for the Benton Courier, walked in hoping to see the sheriff. I want you to hear this, quote, Linda Ives told the reporter. Turning to Steed, furious on, and on edge of losing control, she asked, Why did you send those clothes to the crime lab? You were supposed to send them to the FBI. We never wanted them in this little rock crime lab. You knew that. You, I knew that. Everyone in this fucking county knew that. 
She was almost nose to nose with Steed. James Steed, she said, pointing a finger at him. You are in deep shit. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. She's a badass, man. Yeah. Bamf. You remember when yeah. I told you that um, McCaskill was like, if Jim Steed doesn't get reelected for sheriff, because what happens if he doesn't get reelected? Then another sheriff it's, it's might take place person. from a different county that has no idea about these drug things. And as soon as he says, wait, are you shitting me? You're involved in what? He's going he's gonna to blow the whistle. Yeah. And that's they what could. they did not want to happen. That is the one thing. And not only that. People above him couldn't let that happen. Oh, Mr. Okay. Bill Clinton couldn't let that happen mm. because then he could be implemented. So then they're influencing the campaign. Yes. See, I thought mm. that when I interpreted it at first when you said that if when he said if Jim Steed doesn't get reelected, that something was going to happen to him because no, he didn't get reelected. McCaskill said that because all right, think about it. If the sheriff doesn't get reelected and another sheriff comes in from another county or whatever. OK. And then he starts looking at all this shit and he starts talking to witnesses that may have been at the track that night. Okay, people can get into a lot of trouble. Right. Which when Sheriff Steed didn't get reelected, then you have nine people die in quick succession. Shotgun blast to the head. Boom. Boom. I got you. Boom. 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 Stab 150 times. Like uh, everyone's just dying. <laughs> Everyone that was subpoenaed is dead because now there's no witnesses. So they can't prove shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All the way to the Oval Office. They can't prove a fucking thing. Now, I do want to say that Jim Steed, two days before the reelection, we never talked about a woman that has as much balls and just blah to her. All right. Two days before her re-ele- before Jim Steed's re-election, Linda Ives sent out a prepared statement exposing Steed's refusal. And guess what? The Benton Courier put it on the front fucking page. Good. I'm glad that they did that. Exactly. Boom. Steed, big ass liar. He didn't get re-elected. Hmm. Everyone starts dying mm. right after uh, that. Yeah. All right. So I was thinking how sexist the word balls is like oh she's got a lot of balls. oh yeah i was thinking about that but that I has not that's not obviously like i couldn't figure out another word the world i couldn't figure out another like uh word to put there right well, quick it's just like when you call, guts. call a, somebody lot of guts. Guts. a lot of guts yeah. yeah it's the same thing do you guys like this or not yes this is actually one of my favorite stories oh it's about to get same, crazy but i'm about to do so much research into all the other oh, i thought things. you were gonna say I so know. much cocaine <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's so many toga parties. Like, wow, that took All a turn. the toga parties. At the drop site, uh, I rode with Jim Steed, Sheriff Steed. Okay, so this is Billy Jack Haynes, a former WWE pro wrestler who was also at the track that night. He was, quote, the muscle for Governor Bill Clinton at the time. So this interview that he did was from KARN-FM, which is a little station in Little Rock, Arkansas with Doc Washburn. So if you want to hear the entire interview, just look it up on Google. But I'm going to play some pretty big segments of it because he explains everything that happened that night with the boys on the track. And we drove and backed in behind the trees. There was an open area where the drop was. Uh, second end was a van that was about 75 feet to the left of us. 
I think there was flashlight communication because uh, it was very dark. A uh, third car pulled into the right, and in that car, uh, at the time I didn't know, but in that car was uh, uh, police officers, uh, Kirk Lane and Jay Campbell. And then in the a car that pulled in later, there was, um, oh, let's see, what was his name? Uh, Dan Harmon. And uh, at that time, later found out Richard Garrett and Keith McCaskill were also in that car. Um, so um, I had the the tape w- with me, and I okay. Dan Harmon was in the car. Richard Garrett and also Keith McCaskill, the guy that was stabbed 115 times, the guy that owned the bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Took it out, and we waited, and around midnight, 12:30. The uh, plane came in after the drop, and it was a clean drop. And after the pickup, and after they left, um, Kirk Lane and Jay Campbell got out of their car. And uh, Sheriff Steve. Okay, let me. Kirk Lane and Jay Campbell. I want to just quickly go over who they are, real quick, if you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kirk Lane at the time was an undercover detective for the Narcotics Division of Pulaski County Sheriff Office. Jay Campbell was a lieutenant with Pulaski. Okay, now this is from Campbell versus Citizens for an Honest Government. Previously on June 20th, 1988, law enforcement officials twice interviewed Ronnie Goodwin. Now he was a witness that saw what happened. He was driving his car and he saw this these strange people on the tracks. He pulls over into a nearby, uh, like, what do you call it, um, trailer park, and he watches everything that's going on. He says, Richard Garrett, a deputy prosecutor working with Harmon, was present for one of the interviews. So when they were interviewing this guy, Richard Garrett, the guy that was on the track, was also present. Godwin indicated that when returning home from Gigi's nightclub on August 22nd, 1982, he pulled off the road when he observed a, quote, police car that was gray in color with these antennas on the truck and a spotlight on the driver's door sitting in the driveway to the grocery store. Now, we're going to talk about the grocery store in a minute. He saw the two men he believed to be police officers. Now, these two men are Jay Campbell and Kirk Lane. Now, those two names have been implemented at least four different times by four separate witnesses as being the peop- the two police officers, one the narcotics undercover detective and the other a lieutenant, that actually murdered the boys. Hmm. That By their wow. hand... They murdered the boys. Keep that in mind. Four are the, are separate accounts. Still alive? I'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> good question. He saw the two men he believed to be police officers. One was pushing a teenage boy up against the telephone booth. Another teenage boy was lying on, lying or kneeling on the ground. The men then put the boys in the back of the car and drove over the crest of a hill near the grocery store only to return five or ten minutes later. When the car returned, Godwin did not see the boys but saw something that looked like a garbage bag, maybe a tarp, in the back seat. At the time of the boys' deaths, Lane, Kirk Lane, was an undercover detective for the Narcotics Division. Previously having worked for Benton Police Department, Campbell was a lieutenant, 
They, the two worked together and at times investigations would spill over. Harmon told several individuals, including Ives, that the descriptions provided by Godwin fit Campbell and Lane. The car Godwin described was somewhat similar to the description. The two people that killed the two boys were two police officers, Kirk Lane and Jay Campbell. According to multiple reports. Yeah, all right. So I do want to say that when this first came out, the documentary came out, both of those men... Documentary? Well, yeah, there was a documentary that came out soon after the case called uh, um, Obstruction of Justice, right? So that documentary came out. It said, all right, Kirk Lane yeah, and Jay Campbell were most likely involved in this case. So both of those men tried to sue the documentary filmmakers for libel. Okay, now, so they're saying you can't prove any of this. It wasn't us. There's no credible sources. Okay, we find that although Campbell and Lane attacked the credibility of the purported eyewitnesses, which would not, which would go to ascertaining whether they had in fact caused the deaths, their attack does not address whether purported eyewitnesses implicated them, nor did Campbell and Lane address whether they were alleged to have been involved in a cover-up. Therefore, they did not satisfy their burden of proving falsity by at least a preponderance of the evidence. Basically, if you read this article, it says, yeah, you can't prove it was us, but Jay Campbell... And Kirk Lane also can't prove it wasn't them. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Be, and because all police logs at that time were public record, they were they can't prove that they weren't at the tracks, right? right? They can't prove it. And they never have till this day. And Jay Campbell was actually convicted in 2007 something un- no one has been convicted in the boys on the track came case but jay campbell was uh convicted with his wife campbell was convicted in 2007 after a high profile 2007 trial in which she and her husband former lenoke police chief jay campbell were accused of running a criminal organization seeking drugs sex and money okay interesting now Okay, that's great. Well, what about the other guy, Kirk Lane? That you'll see, even this wrestler, this eyewitness says they killed him. Well, you know, this guy is probably in jail too, right? No. (laughs) This is from the Arkansas Times in 2017. And it says, Benton Chief Kirk Lane named state drug director. So in 2017, he is now the drug director. And in fact... He has never taken a polygraph test saying if he actually killed these boys. So if you ever listen to this, you should probably take a polygraph test. You probably not because you probably did it. You couldn't prove that you didn't do it. And that's kind of fucked. Also, this article says Lane's career has included some controversy, such as allegations made about abuses by drug investigators, blah, 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 blah. If you have any type of yeah. drug <laughs> issues, you probably shouldn't now, have you, that job. Guys, if, yeah, yeah, I agree. If you want to go ask him yourself, go to Twitter.com, and his handle is at ARDrugsR. Oh, my god! And that's his bald head right there. Oh, my gosh. So he posts all these pictures on his Twitter. Oh, look how much drugs I'm getting off the streets. 
Look at all the weed and all these drugs. I'm probably snorting fucking half of it. <laughs> you know what, dude? If you ever listen to this, take a polygraph test. Did you kill the kids? Oh, why didn't you take a polygraph test? I don't know. Probably because you fucking did it. Everyone says you did it. I don't know. You can't sue me for fucking libel. You already tried that, and you couldn't prove you didn't do it. Fuck it. <laughs> Kirk Wayne and I shook hands. I shook hands with uh, uh, Jay Campbell, and uh, they didn't know who I was because I was under the mask, and we had only met at the Rose Law Firm. So they didn't really know what was going on and with the camera and so forth. And um, uh, when they asked who I was, Jim Skeet says, I'm, I'm with uh, Bill Clinton. And that's really all you need to know. And when uh, Mr. Chuncher Steed said that, that more or less controlled both of them. At that time, we talked for a while, and um, eventually uh, they went back to their car, and Dan Horman got out of the car. I didn't know it was Dan Horman at the time until he approached and Dan Harmon uh, seemed very angry, upset. And he goes, what are you taping? Who are you? And, and Sheriff Steed said, uh, this is uh, Bill Clinton's guy uh, uh, for security. He goes, we don't need no security here. He got kind of mouthy and uh, kind of arrogant. And he was extremely high on cocaine. Now, I've never done cocaine, but I sold it. And I've seen a lot of guys high on it. So uh, Dan Harmon had one of those old white cell phones with him. And uh, he tried to dial uh, Bill Clinton. And he couldn't get through because of the trees and so forth. So he said, come come with me, man. And basically, like, he wanted to take charge. And so we wanted to go up to the railroad tracks. There was railroad tracks. We had the flashlights on and and we all basically took off to the tracks, following each other. And uh, he got uh, to the top of the tracks and uh, about ready to make the call when he said, hey, 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 there's guys on the tracks. And what it was was there was a two two men who now we know were, were the teenage boys. Hmm. And there was a third on a motorcycle. And a gunshot went oh, wow, off. Yeah, that was that other guy that told his parents, uh, mm-hmm. Coney. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the kid on the motorcycle. Yeah, uh, and oh, they okay. took off. Yeah, he got. Okay. He yelled down. Dan Harmon yelled down to Sheriff Steed to uh, get the MFers. And at that time is when uh, Kirk Lane and Jake Campbell got in their vehicle and tore out after them. They, they ran to their vehicle and tore out after them. They didn't come back for about 20 minutes. Kevin Knives and Don Henry saw this drug parachute drop with the drugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Dan Harmon was on the track with a couple other guys. They motioned them to come closer. And the kids tried to run. They ran to the gas station. So the, the cops followed them to the gas station. Now, they were at the payphone, I guess, calling or trying to get help or something. And that's when the cops, you'll hear, they handcuffed them behind their back and beat them to death with a fucking flashlight, both the kids. Wow. Did they, were they able to trace the um, the call from that payphone? They didn't. 
They didn't actually make a call. Well, they never got to. I don't know if they were going to They just ran to the, the grocery store. Oh. Um, yeah. About 20 minutes later, they came back, and it, it was kind of torrid because it was really hot, that night, kind of humid. And uh, over the shoulder of both Jay Campbell and Kirk Lane, Jay Campbell. they had the boys Kirk Lane, had uh, one boy, and Jay Campbell had the other. You can find him and, on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Ives is the one that Kirk Lane had over the shoulder, and they were both handcuffed behind their back. And with the flashlights were on them, and they were both uh, bleeding profusely. And you could see wow. from the flashlights that they both had that it looked like they were beaten with the flashlights. It was obvious to me that... Um, uh, you know, my stance at the, right at the railroad tracks with the flashlights on, uh, the one boy was already dead. I can't think of his name, uh, not Kevin Ives, but uh, Don Henry. Don Henry was dead. And uh, they just threw him both down over like a sack of potatoes and uh, still breathing, but uh, bleeding profusely and actually vomiting blood was Kevin Ives. Oh, my. And um, at that point, uh, Dan Harmon had held up the phone to me and uh, said that Clinton wanted to talk to me. Oh, my. Governor Clinton. I went up there, grabbed the phone, and told... Bill Clinton, I said, man, uh, it's not two uh, Arkansas State Troopers that took any drop. There was no drop taken at all. But now there's these two kids. And uh, it looks like they're dead. And he goes, well, you know, we can't leave no witnesses, uh, Billy. You know, we've got to get rid of them. Can't, can't leave no witnesses. And I heard Hillary in the background say the same thing. Oh. Cannot leave any witnesses. So he's saying Bill Clinton was on the phone, and Clinton said, we can't leave any witnesses. And then Hillary, which makes sense with all the Clinton death machine fucking going on, <laughs> with all the other shit they're accused of, fits right in there. <laughs> Damn. But is this... Is this the and, uh, I, I get, uh, what's the Clinton death machine? It's just everywhere Clintons go, they leave a trail of dead people. I mean, look, nine witnesses. Hmm. I mean... I said it loud enough to where at that time I looked down and at full force the butt of the rifle, which I, I, I guess was uh, the kid's rifle, Kevin I's rifle, he took the... Which is the well, kid's rifle, which is why they couldn't find the rifle, even though we saw it on the video. Right. Probably because they had fucking blood all over it. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, let me rewind that. Down and at full force the butt of the rifle, which I, I, I guess was uh, the kid's rifle, Kevin I's rifle, he took the butt and smashed him in the back of the head and killed him instantly. Oh, my. That which, was it. And that was Kirkland. Which was corroborated by the Atlanta pathologist that actually, he said someone had hit him in the face with the butt of a rifle. You remember, you mean Dr. Uh, Burton yes. said oh, that? Oh, yeah. He said that was consistent to his findings. The deaths of these two boys uh, most probably were not accidental deaths, but that they met their death as a result of injuries inflicted on them by other 
Jay Campbell, for some reason, takes out a knife and plows in the back of uh, the, the other kid, stabs him in the back, left the knife in, because I just want to make sure he's dead. Do you remember when when one of Fami Malik's employees said, I think this kid's been stabbed? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Fami Malik said, don't worry about that. Also, is he, like, implicating himself? No, he's just trying to come clean. But he's also saying that, like, I wasn't there to murder two kids. And, like, granted, like, you didn't beat them with the he didn't flashlights, murder. but you put them on the track. No, he was there because Bill Clinton wanted to him to videotape the drop, to as he said, to make sure someone wasn't going to steal it. But didn't he put the kids on the tracks? He, yeah, he yes. put the kids on the technically tracks. Technically, he could. Like, murder. technically, yeah. He yeah, but are they, who's going to arrest them? But I don't know. I think somebody would have to charge... The other people, yeah. Yeah. What is the, um, what's that phrase? um, The hand of one is the hand of all? (laughs) No. um, A certain amount of time past the uh, statute of of limitations. Yeah, I wonder what the statute of limitations on murder in Arkansas is. There is is no statute of limitations on murder. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Is that a fun fact? I don't know, but there's no statute (laughs) on murder. Yeah. Fact. (laughs) There is, unlike rape and. And this case is, I want to point out, this case is still ongoing. (laughs) 30. Two years later, Jeez. it's still open. So now he said now, one of the things that comes up is, do you have any proof of this substantial proof? Mm. Now, he says he had recorded an eight second clip that Bill Clinton wanted to see. To he, Bill Clinton wanted to make sure the boys were on the track. He recorded eight seconds of that of the boys getting run over by the train. But he has not released it as of yet. It's in the hands of his private investig or his uh his attorney. His attorney. Holy shit. His attorney. Can you imagine if that that, gets that may come out real soon. Hmm. You when have to this? like this this was that if it comes February out. February 2018. So if okay, that video so comes out, you better tell us. Holy shit. So I just, I cannot believe that this has not been exploited or dug up from other, during his, during the Clinton, Bill's presidential campaign, or Hillary's for that matter. Yeah. It's just hard to believe, knowing how dirty and mudslinging politics can be. Yeah. That this was not especially and exploited. Especially that I election. Mean, this most Granted, recent one. This confession it's, wasn't out yet. True. Because so that that takes a lot, but that, there's still a lot before even this confession. I mean, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know why people aren't digging it up. Uh, who knows? This so, this video has got twenty one thousand hits. Yeah, you'd think it would have twenty. Of a guy saying, Bill Clinton told me to throw these kids on the tracks. With mm-hmm. Hillary in the background, say. has gotten twenty one thousand hits. Yeah. Something's wrong here. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, agree. Something's not right. So, so as it sits now, so this came out. I'm sure Mama Ives is all over this shit. Yeah, she's all over it. She's, she's. Uh, they call it her lonely crusade. She's still pushing. Aww. If you go to her, yeah. yeah. So sad. I mean, it is. But what this can case, we do to help. Where, what's her website? 
Well, you can uh, go to her. She's got a GoFundMe account that just pays for, like, the private investigator. But mm-hmm. she's – it's a losing battle. I mean, guys, these are, like – there's people that are implemented in this. And we could go through – if you go through the whole rabbit hole, you'll see people in the high, mm-hmm. highest places, in the White House, in big corporations. Um, like the guy that, for instance, one of the backers of Clinton's – campaign was one of the the owner of all the ponderosa steakhouses oh yeah Aren't does that make sense now? so and so. it was implemented that he was also ma- mass distributing these drugs mm. all right so there is a website run by linda ives called id files it's really really good it, it's very it's got a lot of the evidence on it but mm. i do want to say dan Harmon's nephew is now the current sheriff <laughs> of Salem County. Wow. Is anybody shocked by that? No. So, it's just I, disappointing. It just feels like nobody's ever got a chance to get this case solved. Yeah. No one – that's why I'm I mean, saying it's, it's – it's, uh, It seems pretty much like it might be solved, but n- no justice brought. Maybe right. that's a better way to say it. So the thing with this, the characters in this story, either you know how to handle your cocaine <laughs> or you don't. Like Dan Harmon, you end up in prison, you know. And but, that was on a drug charge, right? But Kirk Lane, you end up the head of the narcotics deputy director. That's his job title, director of drugs. It's like, wow. <laughs> Directing all these drugs right up his nose. This is like his <laughs> like, dream job. Yeah. So the yeah. thing is, like, uh, it, four people said independently of each other, that he is the one that single-handedly killed these kids. Now, he just got his new promotion in 2017. Why doesn't he take a polygraph test? Nobody's asked him to. I mean, why doesn't he do anything? He tried to sue this documentary crew for libel, and he couldn't because the jury that was in charge of this, you know, of his case trying to sue this documentary crew was like, you can't prove that you didn't do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, can you prove that you didn't do it? Well, I can't prove that I didn't do it, but they shouldn't be saying that I did it. It's like, dude, if if someone accused me of this shit, I'd be taking a polygraph test every fucking day. Yeah. I'd be doing everything. But he ain't doing nothing. Because he's not innocent. <laughs> because he's the one that killed the kids. Yeah. yeah. And now he is the drug d- traffic director. In Arkansas. Uh Go fucking figure. What a great job for him. And no wonder. No wonder the problem isn't fucking solved. Yeah. Right? Like, no fucking wonder. Mm -hmm. You know, it also. This case pisses me the shit off. Yeah. It also makes you think this is one case where, like, two kids were in the wrong place at the wrong time, like you're saying. Yeah. But in how many scenarios across the country, all over the world, I mean, this stuff is probably getting away with hand over fist mm-hmm. everywhere. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Not, I'm not saying that every like every city government is corrupt or That's every state saying. government is corrupt. But I'm just saying like there's probably a lot of very yeah s- yeah That's similar what, things going on. That's what I'm saying. The, the reason I think is bigger than Bill Clinton. Bigger than the White House, even bigger than the CIA, is because 
it is a solvable case and yet it's never been solved. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's fucking huge. I think it has something to do with the fact that cocaine is being distributed by some big forces out there, not just a it's, governor in Arkansas, like some big yeah. people. It's almost embarrassing when you think about all the technology and investigative talent that we have in this nation and all the agencies that we have, um, you know, not just the FBI or the CIA, but the, the cases, DEA. The case is literally like right there in front of them. Yeah. 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 Hey, guys, if you enjoyed this story and want to hear others like it, press the subscribe button on your podcasting app. If you really like this story and you want to uh, connect with us, follow us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you absolutely love this podcast and you want to become our stalker, go to talkmurder.com slash join. Become a Talkos Primo. Get a badass T-shirt. Get some sticker swag, a lot of love, and get shouted out all over the place. Plus, tell me a story you want me to do. I'll research it. And I'll dedicate it to you every Thursday on Talk Murder to Me podcast. My name is John. I'm here with Nicole, Jen, and our special guest, Tissy. And until next time, remember, drugs don't kill people. Saline County Sheriffs do. Everyone say, blah! 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 No, you have to like... Blah! Blah! I bought that thing for you. Yeah, I know. We put shit. I've noticed. Poor John. When the microphone's over here. Like when she was right there, I could take this that little thing and hit her. No, not I don't just, hit her. Just touch, like, it, but, just move it closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because she never talks into the mic. Okay, um, I do. She's gotten better. Yes, it's improved very much. Okay, moving yeah. on. Pussy cat, pussy cat. Don't ever call a guy you. that word. That is like calling a girl the c word. I like that word. Cunt. Mm. I do too. I think it's funny. I take no offense to it. It's one of my favorite swear words. Nicole knows. Yeah. That was like the first thing I learned about you. I was like, I like like this girl. Yeah. You know what my favorite word is? Moist. Oh, yeah. I don't hate that either. Yes. People love it. I I mean, I think it's applicable. I think there's nothing better than moist cake. Mm. Also, like, what what other word would you use? You can't. Wet? That that might be gross. That is gross. Soggy. Ew. Soggy. No. I think soggy is worse than moist. Exactly. I think connotation. I, I think moist is appropriate when moist. Oh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I. Have How about when I word. say it like moist? What's the other word that people have a problem panties. with? Panties. Welcome to. I don't like the word panties. Welcome. I, to, I, like I love that word. That's I like sexy word. You like the Under-roos. word panties? Yeah, pull down my panties. Ew. <laughs> Pantaloons. <laughs> yeah. I hate the word panties. <laughs>